pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, a company has come out with blue jean speedos. Would you wear that? Tony Kornheiser. Now, I'm going to stick with the mesh. Works for me. The what? The mesh. Works for me. Okay. Very risky. You're not wearing mesh. What is this? This is not 1970, and you were not on the mod squad. Really? You're yeah. telling me that now, after all yeah. these years? <laughs> well, I actually thought I was on the mod squad. Sorry, Link. <laughs> That's something Burt Reynolds used to wear, right? He used to wear yeah. mesh. Yes, he was Welcome to that. PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Blues are back. Tim Anderson gets beamed, and the Ravens want Lamar Jackson to stop running so much. But we begin today with Game 1 of the NBA Finals, which begins in a few hours in Toronto. The news is that Boogie Cousins will be active, but there is no news as to how he will be used. If Golden State had Kevin Durant, they would be a big favorite, but they don't. Wilbon, you are there. What chance do you give the Raptors of pulling the upset? Tony, I, I give them a chance. I do. And I don't mean like a one in a hundred chance. I give them a reasonable chance. I don't know what that means. 30, 35% chance. Tony, I, let me just say, I, I, I think this is my 33rd NBA Finals. And I, very few of them, very few of them, have I been more excited about in part because of the atmosphere attendant to this. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, when I walked in this studio five hours before tip-off, I'm, there are people chanting, let's go Raptors all around Toronto. You can hear like it's coming from a mountaintop. And it's just different. It's exciting. It's, it's, there's something that's fresh and new about it. And they are underdogs. And I don't like to say that in pro sports because people have access to all the same resources. Right. I don't believe in that, Tony. But I think if the Raptors were to win this, it would be an upset of sorts. So I, I, I'm betting you feel that way. Well, this is what I think. I think that this particular game, game one, which is usually the least important of all games in a seven-game series, I think it is absolutely critical for Toronto to win this game. I agree. I'm I think if you. they lose this game, the series is over. That is just my opinion. But if they win this game, what they do is they break the mythology about Golden State that when Curry plays and Durant doesn't play, the Warriors automatically win. And at that point, they have a chance. And I honestly think that they are going to win tonight. My greater concern, and I'm not there, obviously, is what about Drake? Like, what's going to happen to Why Drake? Is that no, a concern? no, Drake, I'm serious. Because the league reportedly spoke to Toronto about Drake. Yeah. I want to know, is he going to be confined to a mascot box with tape? Like, if, can he get a tee? He's an employee of the team. Can he get you know teed what? up? Is, is, you know what? Are there different like rules? Coach Bud, like Coach Bud, your concerns are in the total wrong place. I'm upset that Drake is apparently not singing Oh Canada in one of these home games. I, I, Oh Canada, the, the song I love Great to anthem. hear live. So there you go. You see? There's no, your I mean, concern I'm, with Drake. I, I said, That's do we know who's singing the anthem? Celine Dion and Drake. If I don't hear one of them, I'm going to be upset to start the series. Well, that'd be terrible because this is, I'm told, the 33rd final you've been to. Yeah, you were told that about a minute and a half ago. I knew somebody Tony, said. the Bruins are just as big a favorite in the Stanley Cup final as the Dubs are in the NBA. But St. Louis, they were the ones that got a historic first cup final win last night in OT, no less, to even the series at a game apiece. More reflective of the Blues having the better of the play was the 37 to 23 advantage in shots, especially 8 nil in overtime. So you went straight Paul Pierce and declared in favor of Boston after one game. Do you want to rethink this now? Just to set the record straight, you know, because now we're in 
we're in two countries as, as this goes on. Just to set the record straight, that is a ridiculous exaggeration. I was asked yesterday in toss-up what was more likely the Bruins would sweep or St. Louis would win the series. And I said I didn't think they would sweep, but I thought that was more likely. Obviously, I have to rethink my position. And obviously, the Blues won a game that that perhaps I did not think they were going to win. What was interesting to me is to find out this morning that St. Louis is so much better on the road in the playoffs this year than at home. They're eight and three on the road this year and five and five at home. So when the sh- series shifts to St. Louis, can they hold serve at all? Because the, the record indicates right, they cannot. Right. So, you know. And Tony, I think that that's an important factoid because I think the pressure on St. Louis greater. at home, it's greater. where there are home people in, yeah. a, in a town that is, look, it's a baseball town, but, but yeah. it, they, they are blues crazy and have been so. For whatever it is now, 53 years, I mean, the, the pressure to just get a win is going to be enormous. So I, I'm sort of with you there. I would still favor Boston in this series. It's the first, but I, like they've been in four Stanley Cup finals. It's the first game they ever won. Well, Tony, the, other, the thing is, look, home ice does not equal home court. That's right. I mean, home ice does not, no, not really traditionally in hockey at Absolutely the same not. percentage yeah. as home court. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens owner Steve Bishotti, who we both know was on a conference call with some Ravens ticket holders. Bishotti was asked about the record number of carries for a quarterback that Lamar Jackson had last year, 147. Jackson ran 17 times a game, and Bishotti said, quote, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that Lamar is not going to be running 20 times a game. That's not what this offense is about, unquote. Wilbon, are the Ravens smart to reduce Jackson's rushing attempts? It's not about smart. This is necessary it's necessary for his survival, and I mean that, of course, in the football sense, to not have 20 carries or 17 carries or 14 carries or 11 carries right. a game, average. Now, he may have a couple of games where it spikes and he runs a lot because that's what the defense is allowing and he's feeling studly and the defense can't touch him, but that cannot be what the Baltimore Ravens do. Otherwise, they'll be looking for another quarterback in the spring draft. See, I, I think the word reduce is a very important word here. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. You don't want him running no, all no, the time. No. But, but... That is his game. He's a run and pass quarterback. He's not a pocket quarterback. They don't. Right, they give should, me a number then. Uh, give me a suitable number for six you. Six to eight times a yes. game. That's yes. the same amount that a young Aaron Rodgers did. Six Absolutely. to eight times a game. Because you don't want him just standing back there and throwing the ball. You don't want him to get hurt. You want to make sure he slides. You want to make sure he gets down or gets out of bounds. But if you take the run away... You're, you're, you're hurting the offense. What I want to know is, does John Harbaugh know about this, what Steve Bishotti said? I mean, yeah, yeah, because they've been doing this, Tony. They've, they've had a different offense, and Lamar Jackson spoke to this either last week or earlier this week. And this, I'll give you a number, and I, I agree with you essentially. I might go a little to the top end of that and go, I don't know, 8.8. Okay. So I might go more 7 to 9, and you're going 6 to 8. But we're in the same ballpark here. Right. Because... I'm sorry, isn't a kid named Rob, not a kid anymore, Robert Griffith, isn't he on that team? He is. Wasn't he on that team? And and they were built sort of the same, like track stars. This does not, people mash you. They have mashers Griffin in never the NFL. Learned, because he was a track star, he never learned how to slide. you got to be able either. to slide. I'm talking about designed runs six to eight. Yes, but, but I agree. Don't take them all away. What are you no, doing? You can't. You can't That's you what take he does. Effectiveness. Yeah. But you can't go 10 to teens. 
Tony, if we connect the dots correctly, we can conclude that an April bat flip led to an end of May ejection. As soon as Royal starter Glenn Sparkman plunked White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson with 86 mile per hour changeup in the second inning. God, that used to be a slider speed. The home plate umpire threw the Royals pitcher out of the game clearly because he didn't want any more follow up from the Royals White Sox dust up from that April 17 bat toss war. So much for let the kids play. Tony, was this good umping or bad umping? Okay, so now I understand that that was a changeup. I understand it came in at 86 miles an hour, and I watched as you watched where the pitcher said, hey, that's a changeup. He went right down to his knees as soon as he threw it as if to say, oh, no. I understand all of that. Under any other circumstances, I would not have tossed him. But this is Tim Anderson. There is recent history here. It was his first time up. It was his second pitch. And I would say better safe than sorry. Mike, I think it's good umpiring to have tossed that pitcher under that set of circumstances. I hope you do, too. I absolutely do, Tony. I also I think it was almost necessary to yes. do it to prevent another, yes. not just a skirmish, but all our bullpens emptying. Finally, let's listen. I know that, you know, I live in an area now. We broadcast this show from an area where people care more about Yanks, Sox, and other rivalries they identify with more easily. But let me tell you, Royals, White Sox, these two franchises have had teams over decades that hate one another. You cannot have Royals and White Sox engaging in this. And the umpiring crew understood this. I got think they correct. were right. And yes, in any other circumstance, I let it go. you go, eh? No, I let wait. it go. But when actually, did change-ups, when did change-ups get to be 86 miles per Mike, hour? I actually thought it was deliberate. I would have erred on the side of caution. You did. I did. I think uh, first time up, second pitch, Mike. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. I mean, I think that was, I, if you want to eliminate this stuff, you have to eliminate this stuff. It's that simple. Last night, speaking of baseball at the Cubs-Astros game, Albert Almora Jr. ripped a hard foul ball down the third baseline. The ball hit a four-year-old girl who was immediately taken out of the stands into a hospital. Almora wept openly. There is netting up to the far end of the dugout in all 30 major league parks. Wilbon, should the netting be extended foul line to foul line? Yes. Now, I was watching this game last night, Tony, in Chicago. And the moment Almora Jr. had that reaction, I turned the game off. I turned it off. I turned it off for a long time. I turned it off for the, the, the bulk of the game. It was unthinkable to me. Um, I go to a lot of Major League Baseball games, most of them at Wrigley Field. And I will not have those seats with my son. And he's 11 now, and he's quicker to duck and all that. And so maybe I'm, I, I could see it if I'm vigilant. But he was four, five, six, eight. I would not have those seats. And you cannot, this cannot be a state's rights issue. Major League Baseball has to take a position and create and set law. Because you can't have individual ball clubs determining this. Yeah. You have to have the netting now. So, I mean, we're both old, and we're both old enough to remember going to lots of baseball games where we were in exposed areas where there was yeah. no netting at all. You bring your glove when you're a kid. You think you can catch it. You know, sometimes you can if it comes over. Most of the time, you can. It's an assumed risk that you have, and most people are willing to do it. And this doesn't happen every single day. Just like a puck doesn't go flying over the boards every single day. And as it has happened to me, the guy behind me, his head exploded. Yeah. His head yeah. exploded. 
the netting is jarring at first, but you have to have it. Have you have to. to have it. You get used to it very, very quickly. Safety is the most important thing. Almora wept. Other Tony, players were down on their Tony, knees. You, about, you you, his reaction alone can't have it. told me I needed to turn this off. I didn't want yeah. to watch that. Let's take a break. But coming up, how should Kyler Murray feel when his teammates compare his arm to Patrick Mahomes? And we'll review Tiger's first round at the Memorial. So how cold is it there today? What are you saying? It's in his low it's 60s? It's in the low 60s right now, Tone. What about game two? Uh, how about high 50s? I mean, seriously. It's 90. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. My lab coat is on, which means it's time to tinker with Wilbon and What's the Word? Let's get the first one from the producer over the loudspeaker. It's blank that the Clippers have reportedly looked into buying Kawhi Leonard's claw logo from Nike. It's savvy. The Clippers want Kawhi. If they do something, like, I don't think that they can get this thing back even with Balmer's money. And by the way, it is a logo that nobody in Western civilization is familiar with. The but claw. if they try, what it says to Kawhi is, who loves you? We love you. Come here. Leave that frozen wasteland of Toronto behind. Come home. We're doing everything we can, and you can have the claw back. What do you mean Balmer's money? You don't know if it'll get... Balmer's money can get anything. Balmer's money could put hair on your head. There's nothing Balmer's money couldn't do. The word is recruiting, because that's what this is, and it has started. And the Clippers just seem to be... uh, Toronto, okay, has the advantage, I think. I know you don't agree over everybody because they don't. got him and they're I playing don't. the finals. Everybody else, it seems the Clippers are ahead of the field of the everyone else's. Next. Tiger should feel blank about his opening round at the Memorial. He should feel great. He shot a 70, which is two under. He birdied three of the last five holes. Look, he's not there to win this tournament. He's there to prevent what happened at the PGA where he missed the cut because he had no tournaments in between the Masters and the PGA. So he is out there, total practice, in order to get ready for Pebble Beach. And if you shoot two under, you should feel great. Tony, Tiger was rustier before the PGA than the Bruins and the Warriors combined going into their respective game ones. He's not making that mistake again, nor should he. I mean, it's too easy not to make that mistake. He should feel safe. Safe in that right now he's somewhere around 20 inside the top 20. Top 70 in ties make the cut, right? So he's safe. He's not going to have that happen where they send him home for the weekend. And he he needs four rounds under his belt to meet Tony. He's made the cut all 16 times he's played in this tournament. He's great. Next. When Kyler Murray's teammates compare his arm strength to Patrick Mahomes, it's blank. It is apt. Here's what they have in common. They are both baseball players. They have strong arms. Kyler Murray is an outfielder. You've got to make throws in the outfield. 
Look, Patrick Mahomes was coached in college. He's got the bigger arm, but he's coached in college by Cliff Kingsbury. It's Cliff Kingsbury who has drafted Kyler Murray overall number one because he recognizes that he's got a big arm. It may not be as big as Patrick Mahomes is, but it is big. He can throw it. And all that's irrelevant. I mean, can he throw it? Can he make the short throws? Can he make the difficult throws? Can he make throws under pressure? Can he make throws with a guy 6'5", 295, hanging off? That's not, Tony, there's a lot of Heisman dudes who can't play at the next level. You're making my point. It's irrelevant. He can Your play. boy Jay Cutler said when he was young, my arm is stronger than John Elway's. How'd that work out? Well, it he played for 12 it's years. irrelevant. You're saying it's irrelevant? Yes. Can you make the throws and do the other things a quarterback needs to totally do? Is that nuts. an arm contest? What's next? What's next? Last one. Juwan Howard is blank to reportedly offer an assistant job to Phil Martelli. He is self-aware. He understands he has never been a head coach before. He wants to get a guy on the bench to help him become a better head coach. Phil Martelli was the head coach at St. Joseph's. For 24 seasons, he sent a bunch of guys to the pros. He won't be there to recruit. He'll be, be there to help Juwan Howard. Patrick Ewing did this with Louis Orr. This is a very self-aware and smart thing to do. And by the way, Juwan Howard at his opening news conference today in Michigan, he cried. That was really something. It's really something, and it's really sweet if for anybody who knows how Juwan Howard feels about some of the difficulties of his own career, but also the University of Michigan in that program. This is age-appropriate, Tony. He realizes, for the reasons that you just said, you need a savvy, wise, old dude yeah, on your bench. That's right. In and out of timeouts, that's plays right. out of timeouts, what? subtle things to handle your bench in your locker room. Great selection by Juwan Howard. I think he's off to a wonderful start. I'm rooting for him. As they say in the Middle Ages, eat thine words, Wilbon. Let's take one last break, but still to come was Willie Adamas's backflip. Look at that. Out of line. Way too much discussion of backflips. And what does Zion Williamson's choice of agents say about his future? I like his choice of agent, Tony. What did he do? Just to take be, Jeff Jacobs you know, up front. Is that what he did? Did he take Jake? We well, can't have Jake specifically, can he? I mean, Jake's busy. But he's your boy. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> Happy time, people. Happy 70th birthday, PJ Carlissimo, the pride of Scranton Prep and Fordham University. P.J. played at Fordham for Digger Phelps. How cool is that? P.J. coached all the way to the final game with Seton Hall in 1989 and then was a head coach for five different NBA teams. And then P.J. went into broadcasting where he has been terrific. Happy birthday, Peter John. Absolutely. Tony is cool on the NBA road. In the playoffs, I've gotten to hang out, have a couple of dinners with P.J. He's got some interesting stories about you. I've got blackmail material, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Happy anniversary, Cal Ripken. On this day 37 years ago, Cal began his record streak of 2,632 consecutive games played, all with the Baltimore Orioles, the most famous being 2131, which both Mike and I attended. The current Ironman in Major League Baseball, Nick Markakis of Atlanta with a scant 222 straight games. Mike, nobody's ever catching Cal. So, first of all, we were there, an honor to be there. Secondly, I bet you Cal had at least two other streaks longer than Mark Kakis's current streak. Happy Trails Blue Jays. Willie Adamas of the Rays hit a walk-off single to beat the Jays in 11 innings last night. Wilbon, watch the bat flip by this guy. This is after a single, and he's flipping the bat like he's a drum major. 
Also notable in this game is a great diving catch by Toronto center fielder Jonathan Davis. Watch him run hard and lay out. That is a harder and better catch than going over a wall. It is. And there's more sacrifice. The bat flip conversation is now we've reached the tipping point. Uh, It is. It's enough. enough. One omission. Mike D'Antoni has reportedly ended talks with the Rockets on a contract extension and intends to coach out the final season of his deal before becoming a free agent. That he he may intend to do that. Do we know that the Rockets intend to let that happen? It doesn't seem like they would at this point. Uh-huh. Wow. Let's go to the big finish. Zion Let's Williamson signed with CAA Sports. Is that significant? That works very well for some of us, Tony. By the way, what happened to the LeBron team? What happened to Clutch Sports? I thought they had them all wrapped up. These things get so overreported. The sons of LeBron and D. Wade are teaming up in high school. You go watch them play, wouldn't you? Let me tell you what this is. This is HBO ready, baby. This is LeBron's <laughs> production company. This, that's what this is. Kentucky uh, guard Brad Calipari has reportedly entered the transfer portal. What? Well, maybe playing there two years and practicing and redshirting made him better. He can go out and now be, you know, a more appealing player. Maybe more marketable. Erling Haaland scored nine goals in Norway's 12-0 win over Honduras in the Under-20 World Cup. Nine. Wait, this guy must be Pelé. Somebody in Honduras has to be embarrassed with nine goals. Last one, Rick Pitino wants Greek fans to stop smoking and setting off flares. Reasonable request? Yeah, they're going to stop eating olives, too. No, it's not reasonable. It's not going to happen. Out of time, trying to be better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knucklehead. You can get the podcast on the Apple Apple Podcast. Tony, you can get a late flight to Toronto. It's only an hour.